Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a face reader on the show. <laughs> You're going to love this guy. I have Brian Galkey. Man, I should have asked him, am I saying his last name right? Galkey. Um, but, but hey, we're going to bring him on here in just a second. Make sure you share this out to both of your friends and we'll see you in just a second. And we are back. Let me bring Brian on. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken, how are you? I'm, dude. I'm doing. If there, if I was any better, there'd be two of me. So, <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, I forgot to ask you. I, I thought it was Galky, but I, I had a mental note. Like, <laughs> make sure you're saying his name right, and I forgot to ask. But, um, so Brian, you and I met on Clubhouse. Correct through Ken, uh, through Joe Ingram. Yep. Yep. And, and I know we've hung out and, um, here, here we go already with, uh, with the, the, the funny man. Of course. <laughs> well, oh you know, what his new picture, we'll show this later when, uh, now, whenever I call his phone, it's the picture of me swollen up after the wasp sting. So <laughs> good friends, so, right? He's so rude. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And that is Brian in a is Brian in a church. So so Brian, um, you know, I've I've been doing this now for about three and a half years or so. And um man, I, I love hearing other people's stories and how they've mm -hmm. faced hard times, how they overcame it. I really think that that helps other people win in life. So um why don't we start with you, you telling everybody where you were born and raised? Sure. So I've been in Dallas, Texas uh, since I was three. So pretty much I consider myself a Texan. I actually grew up directly in the middle of Fort Worth in Dallas in a little town called Bedford. And that's where I spent a good majority of my time, went away for college, moved back. And uh, I've been living in Dallas now for close to 20 years. Love it. I live in walkable areas. Um, I've got lived by a, a trail that was paved over. It used to be a railroad called the Katy Trail. So I can kind of walk everywhere, grocery stores, coffee shops, you name it. And that's one of the wow. things I absolutely love. That's awesome, man. I, you know, I was, uh, we were talking about it before we started. I was in Dallas, I don't know, about eight months or so ago. And um, I was like, I called my wife because I was in the Frisco area. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> Joe, uh, I don't know, man. Should I block Joe from even being on here, you think? Not at all. It makes it more interesting, right? We'll always have a <laughs> smile on. I know. So, so the, um, I'm kidding. I love Joe. So the, um, I, I called my wife and I'm like, we need to move to Dallas to Frisco. <laughs> yep. I'm like, there's a, there's a Carvana thing that has cars stacked up in this huge building right off the interstate. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, but anyway, so, um, so you were, you were born in, in in between or raised in between texas or dallas and and fort worth correct um, what was it like for you in you know growing up as a kid 
Uh, pretty easy going. Um, grew up in the typical burb. You know, you play soccer, you play football going into junior high. Um, lots of little neighborhoody things. And that's one of the things that's a little bit different is I don't feel like people are that way anymore. You know, you don't play in your front yard. Now you play in your backyard. And yeah. we grew up in the times of be home before dark. And that was about the only curfew or anything you had to worry about. Right. And yeah. uh, the interesting thing about growing up directly in between Fort Worth and Dallas is you could visit both. And so whatever was going on in Dallas or whatever was going out on in Fort Worth, you just hopped in the car and you could go either way. Yeah. And until the only reason I ended up moving to Dallas is the company I worked for was in Plano, which is kind of out near the Frisco area that you were on. Yeah. And it was driving an hour a day each way into the sun in the morning and into the sun on the way home. And so I decided, nope, I'm moving to Dallas. So now I drive as north and south instead of <laughs> east versus west. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to drive into the sun? That That's, <sighs> that's terrible. And I got wimpy eyes as it is. So I need like the super blocker sunglasses, you know? So yeah, it was not a fun experience. So uh, like, did you, when you were a kid, I mean, and I can relate. I mean, we used to, we used to go um, ride bikes and just do whatever until, you know, the streetlights came on and you had to be home by then, you know? And it, it's like, Today, I can't imagine letting my kids do that. <laughs> like, No, you're absolutely right. Now we're always so paranoid. I'm afraid to go in the other room. I have a four-year-old, you know, and if she's quiet for too long, that's a bad thing. Like the other day, yeah. she was, she wanted to go to the restroom. She goes, Dad, we bring me paper so I can draw? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I thought, oh, she'll forget about it. And she got quiet. I went to check on her and she decided to start graffiti on the wall. And I said, what are you doing? She goes, well, you didn't bring me paper. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. 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 So she's making you pay for that mistake. Yes, she is. Yeah. She certainly is. So, I mean, did you have any challenges as a kid that you, you oh. know, that because the reason I ask is I really think that, you know, a lot of, of things that, that occur in, in our childhood kind of forms or shapes the direction we go as adults. And, and I'm always curious about, you know, that yeah uh, sure I, i'll be really honest um i was an introverted extrovert and uh, for most of my life me i like to be around people but i never really felt like i belonged around people at the exact same time so while i was physically present i was kind of in the prison of my own mind and i was kind of grew up feeling less than and i don't know yeah. what that really came from but um i can even show you like <laughs> I, I like to go and do things so like i keep books like this around like world parties because i like to go places but I didn't wow. always feel like I could be present when I was there. And so while I was there, I might as well have been sitting in the corner because I was afraid to talk to people. And wow. I grew up siblings and I grew up, you know, with friends, played sports, you know, like I said earlier, soccer when you're growing up and then football later on. But even though I was there, I didn't always feel like I belonged. So I, I struggled a lot with as a kid growing up, but people didn't know that because they think an introvert is somebody who hides at home but you can be an introverted extrovert and be present and not feel like you belong at the same time. So, okay. An introverted extrovert. Uh, like, I, I don't know that I've, I mean, I've heard that, but I don't know that I've ever really dug into what that really means. So like you just, you didn't feel I like you belong, but you went out anyway. Is that? Yeah. I, Cause I love the energy of being around people. I'm fascinated by people. And so what, kind of helped me is I was always asking other people questions because I didn't like talking about myself. And so when I would go out, 
people loved me because what do people love to talk about the most is them, right? Yeah. And I would just always ask people. And I was raised in a very nurturing, supportive parent. So I brought that skill trait with me. And I was also raised with one of those kind of just work hard and be silent thing as well. Like, you know, your hard work will show up later on. So I felt like I missed those days at school where we talked about socializing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so um, what it was is I would physically go to events, but I didn't always felt like I belonged there. So it was kind of like being an outsider, even though you're at the group. And that's where wow. people get confused sometimes is people think as introverts as somebody who's only got their head stuck in a book and they're not around people. But I love to be around people. I just didn't feel like I belonged there. And that was even as a, a small child, you felt that way. I did at times. Yeah. And, and you so don't, and you never figured out why you never like. No, I, you know, it's one of those things of I, there's not a, anything I can really put my finger on yeah. that was ever really that because I always excelled. I always had friends, yeah. but it's it was one of those things of I don't know if it's a self-worth thing, a good enough, but um, I always picked jobs and professions where people had to come to me. Right. So it just grew into other things. Um, I worked in retail. I waited tables. I was a bouncer. I was a bartender, all wow. employments that people had to come to me. And I will tell you what absolutely changed my life is I did a study abroad. Um, when I was a senior in high school, we, my best friend at the time was dating a girl who was an exchange student from Italy. And we went to Italy and it was the first time I went somewhere where there was nobody to introduce me. And wow. so you get to kind of discover yourself when you go somewhere where, somewhere where nobody knows who you are. So when I went off to college, same thing, worked a bar, uh, was a bouncer, bar back, you name it. Cause I, I got paid to hang out where everybody else pays to go and hang out. Right. So it was a kind of a way to have a social life, Yeah. but then it, it reinforced the not having to do much because people came to me. So it was kind of a positive and a negative at the exact same time. But, I did a study abroad six weeks in Florence, Italy. And when you go somewhere that nobody knows you, you right. get to discover who you are. And that was probably the first major change in my life where I got to sit down and really think, who am I? Who do I want to be? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? Because until then, I was pretty much a follower. I mean, I went to Texas yeah. Tech because my friends went there. Um, I didn't even look at any other colleges. I'm like, oh, OK, well, a lot of my friends are there. I'll just go there. I was a follower for a long, long part of my life. Did you were so were you like in, when you went uh, when you studied in Italy was that college or was that before college? So I went the first time for two weeks immediately after I graduated high school. Okay, and then I knew I loved it so much that I took Italian at Texas Tech. And wow, when they said you can knock out a whole year of foreign language credit by going for six weeks, I'm like hell yes, sign me up! Right, because yeah. it's immersion. And I loved it. It was, I lived in a, a small flat. It was a five bedroom flat. We shared a kitchen and two bathrooms and I had roommates from Germany, Japan, Greece, and China. And the only downside to that is what's the common language was English. So I didn't learn as much Italian as I should have Yeah. because um, everybody, that was how we all communicated. But what's funny is I could read and write Italian, but my ability to hear it because I'm more visual than I am auditory, yeah. hearing it and trying to conjugate it and speak it back, I didn't do so well. But on the entrance exams, they put me in the advanced level class and I walked in, everybody's speaking fully fluent. And I'm over there like, uh, I need a dunce cap. I, I'm not in the right class. So I had to get bumped down a few notches once I was there. Wow. Wow. So ha I, have you spent a lot of time over there since then? Uh, not so much Italy, but I've been to 27 countries. That was one of the things yeah. of 
after that experience, I knew I wanted to travel. And that's what I pretty much did. Every opportunity I got was where can I add to a passport? So you name it, um, Germany, Italy, France. Um, I'm, we were actually looking at some friends who are going to Kiev in two weeks. I'm like, oh, do I go or not? You know, will I be able to get back? Yeah. But yeah, I've been to 27 countries now and it's all been on my own dime. So uh, that's one of those things that I saved up. I'd trade in points, miles. We used to go every uh, Christmas, right? I'd use my credit cards the entire year, Hilton points, you name it. And that's where we'd go and stay. So if you've ever been to like a German Christmas market, it's awesome to go to during the Christmas time. So I love going to Europe. That's been my biggest disappointment over the last year and a half is I miss going to uh, Europe quite a bit. Wow. So um, Joe has an interesting comment. <laughs> that is hilarious oh my gosh for the listeners on the on the audio only um you don't even want to know what he just asked (laughs) so so um so you were so you you graduated college i'm assuming Mm -hmm. um with a bachelor's degree is that right right in communication studies and um yeah so (laughs) I was a, a mass comm major and I thought, okay, well, I want somebody a, said you'd be good in uh, mass communications. Oh, so oh. PR, public relations, all that. Yeah. And I did that because somebody said, Hey, you'd probably be good in PR. I went, okay. Again, I was a follower. So I went in and the college lost their accreditation because the professors didn't do enough research papers. And so here I am a year and a half from getting, uh, getting ready to graduate. And I said, well, the good news is you'll have a degree, but it won't help you because we will no longer be accredited in that degree. So I went to the counselor's office. I'm like, what can I do to get me out of here the fastest? And they said, go study communication studies. And a lot of people look down on that degree because it's not business. It's not, you know, um, computer science, but it taught me tools of how to interact with people. So back to what I was talking about earlier. Like we took uh, body language classes, we took uh, interpersonal communication, a lot of realistic life skills that have since escalated my career. And there was things I honestly was missing at the time. Back to what I was talking about earlier, I was around people, but I always felt like I missed those days out. I mean, but that little change is one of those things that put me where I am today. So you get out of, you you, you graduate college, you're out of college. Um, I'm sure you, I mean, it, it sounds like you, you kept your head down and just did what you had to do to get, I mean, were you a party animal? Were you, did you get in any, any, (laughs) any trouble? Did you have any hiccups along the way? Um, I would say the party animal part to a degree, because where was I? I was at a bar and what do bartenders do? You get to drink the entire shift, right? Right. Um, I got to hang out with people. The problem was when you go to work at six o'clock and you don't get home till three in the morning. Yeah. Well, you know, you're kind of off of everybody else's schedule. So I call it a vampire lifestyle for a really long time. So I had a lot of fun, but I didn't have a lot of fun outside of work. Um, However, that did change, you know, got out, graduated first job out of school was enterprise rent a car. And uh, the thing is they hire you. They're the number one college recruiter when I graduated. And that's because you're around everybody your own age. So you kind of think it's fun. And I did that for a year and I decided that's not the life for me because I'm going to date myself when I say this, but people had more respect for a blockbuster returning it to blockbuster than they would for our cars. Cause they'd call and say, I don't remember where you are. Your car is at the F and airport. Come F and pick it up. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And it would happen quite a bit. We'd have people who stole cars, you name it. Um, and so crazy. then 
I went, I became a technical recruiter. And uh, at the time I'd always thought, oh, computers are geeky people. You know, why would you want to do that? And then I saw the money they were making. And I thought, ah, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. So I went and got my uh, Microsoft certification, my Cisco, and uh, I went into a help desk job. And what I realized is to be in technology, you have to love it so much that you want to study it even after work. And that wasn't for me. And so wow. I went back to what I learned in college, which was reading books on like body language, NLP, you name it. And I was trying to ex expand my social skill. And so that led from being on the help desk to being an installer. And then after that, then I started being around people more. And I thought, God, you know, I still need to know more about people. So what does a good introvert do? Go to seminars, Tony Robbins, uh, Marshall yeah. Silver, you name it. So what really helped me a lot was starting personal development course, uh, courses, you know, yeah. and uh, so I and went that to was outside of work. That was out. That oh, yeah. Just on your own. I am a total seminar slut. Um, and that, yeah. that's what I used to do on my weekends is everybody else was saying, Hey, let's go to Vegas. And I'm like, I got to improve my life, you know? And yeah. that's what I started doing. So, uh, Tony Robbins, UPW was great. I went to uh, two events with Marshall silver, learned real estate. Um, I didn't grow up with parents who taught me a lot about finance. Um, they taught me like, don't get into debt, which I did anyway, yeah. but they never really taught me how to invest money. So I took classes on investing and everything, but what was still missing was when I was around people, I didn't always feel that comfortable. And in 2010, I had a friend who was in town and she invited me to come meet this person. And I just sat down to dinner and I'm like, no, you were supposed to be here. I've already ordered a glass of wine. I'm not going to go. I was being stubborn. She said, trust me, you need to come meet Mac. And I went over there and he read my face and I was immediately awestruck because that was what was missing from everything else I learned. Right. Um, so I'd gone from help desk to installer to trainer slash sales engineer. And I could practice everything in my hotel room. Right. Is my projector work? Does my PowerPoint work? Um, you name it. But people were always the unknown. And so when I learned to read faces, the cool thing about it was you can go to LinkedIn, social media, whatever, and find a picture of their face ahead of time. And so when I walked into a room, I already felt like I knew who the people were. And uh -huh. where did, who, I, I, I must've like, you were at a seminar and somebody read your face. Yeah. So I, I well, it was a friend was in town for a seminar and he happened to be at the event okay. and she invited me over to meet him afterwards. Cause they were doing a reception. Okay. And that's when I met Mac Fulfer, the guy who changed my life. And, um, he lives here in Fort Worth and, as soon as I met him, I'm like, how do I learn this? Right. I was instantly hooked. And he used to go like once a month, you could drive over to Fort Worth and he would teach you the basics. And then in 2011, I got certified by him um, as a certified face reader or what he calls a CFR. And instantly my life changed from that point. I can't <laughs> imagine. I'm just, I'm processing this. I can't imagine being anywhere and some dude says, Hey, I just read your face. And what did he like? What's that mean when he read, like, I can read people's faces. Like I know right. when I look at Joe, I know he's a bad person. Stay away. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I'm kidding. Stranger but like, danger. <laughs> but you know, I mean, cause Einstein said everything's energy in motion. Right. So absolutely so it's you can read people's energy um mm -hmm. what's that mean though like he read your face and 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 
why and how, how did you know he read your face he told you oh, yeah he explained it because that's what he does for a living is he speaks all over the world teaching okay. face reading and um he said hey i'm gonna read your face and what he explained is there's 42 muscles in the face and what happens is the mind creates movement movement creates muscle and so we're all born with faces genetically and what happens to us over time is called epigenetics and epigenetics is where your brain creates that muscle moving around and it actually alters your face and so when you look at somebody's face, their eyebrows tell you something. This area here can tell you something. Eyelids tell you, nose, mouth. And it all goes back all the way to the days of Aristotle. So they used to, if you look up the name physiognomy, it's called the science of face reading. But I don't like the term science because it's not 100%. It's a good strong in the 90s for sure. But it's basically how to understand people's, like how they take in information, how they process information based on their facial features. And it absolutely changed my life. Not in just that it was the first proactive skill that I could do. I mentioned earlier when I was at a hotel room and we were going to do presentations, you know, the night before, if you're going to get any sleep, you want to make sure everything works. Right. But people were always the unknown. Well, once I knew who we were going to go speak with, I could look up their pictures and figure out how would they best hear this information that I want to say. And People go, oh, that can't be true. And I'm like, well, think about the book, The Five Love Languages, right? It's very similar to that. It's not what do you need and what do you want to say, but how would they best receive it or hear it? It's the exact same thing, but it's based on looking at somebody's facial features. That's mind-blowing because that would give you that would give you a significant upper hand in any communication, I would Absolutely. think. It does. That's why I, I named the company Subtle Skills. Look, I was stalked that name for a long time because I had a different name that I didn't like as much. And the, the reason I waited for it is because it is. You don't walk into a room like uh, Joe and I are friends with Janine Driver, right? International body language expert. And she's yeah. awesome. You need to have her on one time. Yeah. And But you don't walk into a room and go, I'm a body language expert. Same thing with face reading. You don't tell people what you know. It's just a tool in your tool belt. And so when you go in and you learn to understand people, here's where it really helped me. It took me out of the prison of my own mind and into the present moment. Because even if I was just walking into a networking event, I was immediately focused on somebody else instead of those thoughts that I used to have as a kid. And when you're focused on somebody else, two things happen. You already mentioned it. They can feel the energy that you're giving them your time and attention. Yeah. And they often feel seen and heard for the first time in a long time. And that changed my entire life both professionally and personally because instead of being that person stuck in my own head everywhere i went i was just looking at people and thinking how would i best interact with them and an analogy i give is i mentioned i've been to 27 countries the first yeah. time i went to paris i was that annoying american who just expected everybody to speak english when you do that you have a bad experience right because right. you is like you a hole you're in our country <laughs> right now <laughs> Everywhere I go, I learn basic phrases. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, please, thank you. Most importantly, where's the bathroom, right? Right. And when you do that, when you attempt somebody else's language, they treat you differently. And it's the same thing. When you're reading somebody's face, they can tell that you're paying attention to them instead of, oh, okay, yeah, right. Everything's going good. Yep. Okay. You know, it <laughs> makes a big difference. But I... Okay, so, and by the way, my wife studied abroad. She studied in in France, actually. Um, mm -hmm. She's a flu. She speaks French fluently. But the um, 
so I'm I'm trying to when you read somebody's face, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but when you read somebody's face, what what does it tell you? What are you what are what are you looking for? Are there key elements? Are there things that you're sure. Yeah. So I, I always start with eyebrows and like, if anybody goes to my website, you just go to subtleskills.com. You can download the three basic shapes of eyebrows. Cause that's, I love to teach eyebrows because eyebrows lead to eye contact. Right. And so that's just the number one thing that you can see. And I actually have it in my PowerPoint presentation, but I always tell people, if you don't think eyebrows are important, Google people without eyebrows. And what will right. happen is a lot of celebrities will show up and you don't even recognize who they are. Really? And, oh Yeah. Oh, if you Google it right now and put it up on the screen, just type in people without eyebrows and celebrities will show up and watch. You won't recognize like usually people show up like Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie. For some reason, they like to pick those people. Right. And um, when you see them, you're like, "Ooh, I don't even recognize who they are. And the funny thing is we're all amateur. I I have eyebrows. No, you do. But if you look at Joe, that's a good point on Joe. Joe's, you can't make out what shape they are at all. And those are actually what's known as chameleon eyebrows because people have to lean in closer to figure out what it means. And if they can't see your eyebrows, they think, oh, you're just like me. And so those are what's known as a consensus builder. He said, I look great without eyebrows. That's right. But Uh, it's funny. Like I can show you it. It's better to see it when it's in person and you, and you get to see me talk to somebody because people are like, oh, this is Barnum statements, right? Like you're going to say things like, oh, you've had a hard time in your life. And it's not that. It's very specific. Like the three types of eyebrows are I have an angled eyebrow here, which I didn't get until I was a corporate trainer. So when you see an angled eyebrow, it's what's my angle. Help me understand it so I can help other people. So anytime I'm looking at somebody who has an angle in their eyebrow, then I know, okay, they need to understand it first. So that's what's important to them. Then they'll help everybody else. Like you have more of a straight eyebrow, which is kind of get straight to the point. Don't waste your time. Right. And so that's what it looks like from here. Um, here I'll and go then, full screen. I can't see uh, for crap, but. Oh, there you go. I have a yeah. See, so of- you're. You got a little bit of an angle now that you do that. What's that and mean? What I, It means it, help you understand it first. So then you can help other people. Yeah. So it's one of those things of there's three basic types. There's straight, which is get straight to the point. So if I'm talking to somebody, let's say I'm telling a story or more importantly, if I'm selling to them. Right. And they've got a straight eyebrow. Then you think get straight to the point. So facts, figures, data as soon as possible. And then you just shut up and you let them ask questions because people with straight eyebrows, the longer you talk, the more you lose them because they want to get straight to the point. With the angled eyebrows, it's what's my angle? Help me understand it so then I can help other people. So I didn't get this until I became a corporate trainer. What were they before? They were straight. I had, well, this one was straight and this one was rounded. And I know it sounds funny when you say that, but it's because our face is broken up into two different sides. There's the personal side and there's the professional side. And the way to remember that is if I say, hey, are you married? It's a personal question. So if you had a wedding ring on, this would be your personal side. And this would be your professional side. Uh, yeah. And so, and so how do you combine the two? I mean, you're talking about split personality stuff now. You are. Well, it, so it's funny. We use face reading language and I call it facial feature analysis. Why? Because our friend Glenn, when I read his face, he said, well, when Brian analyzed my face, I'm like, oh, that's actually a great way to stay it, to say it. So I actually changed all of my marketing material after Glenn 
because when I say face reading, people go, oh, can you read palms too? And I'm like, no. But when you say I analyze your face, then they're curious, right? Uh, because when you say face reading, it just sounds very hokey. It's not. It's awesome. But that little change in language that Glenn gave me has made a huge difference in what I'm talking about. Does he know about. this? I think I mentioned it to him. Now, if he remembers it, I don't know. Because he says a lot of prophetic things, you know, that yeah. that he, to him, has just gone in a heartbeat. But it stuck with me. And I went and changed everything. As a matter of fact, I think I still have, like, if I go to subtleskills.com forward slash Glenn. I still have the picture of when I analyzed his face and that's I, really I was what changed. On, I was on yeah. Clubhouse. Yeah. I remember that clearly so that I, very well. Yeah. Yeah. But I literally, I changed all my marketing the next day to facial feature analysis instead of face reading because, or even just face analysis because it made more sense because I'm analyzing their face. Cause when you say reading again, people think, you know, carnival palm reading, you name it. So, um, I got a little distracted there, but no. Um, so let me ask you a question. So if 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 you're in a conversation with mm -hmm. with somebody, um, yes. unfortunately, I've interviewed people on the show where I was like, "OMG, when is this going to end?" <laughs> right. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often, but I've had it happen, and sure. and I I'm like, I gotta I gotta stay in the game here. They're gonna know, <laughs> like, right? They're gonna know I'm bored. Um, like when I had Joe on, for example, I'm kidding. Oh, I don't blame um, you there. <laughs> yeah. Joe's such an easy target. I love him. Um, yeah. but the, you know, can you tell, like, do you see a, a shift in facial features in the moment? Or is this something that you can say, well, over the last 30 years, you've gone from this to this. It's more of where's their face at currently. So um, I can show you a picture. I keep it on my phone. Here, um, I can I can pull. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I can pull anything up on on and share it too. So. Um, yeah. Let me see. Uh, do I have a picture of me somewhere? Let me look real fast. I think I do, but uh, I can talk while I'm doing it at the same time. So what you're looking at is was their face say about them today? Now, with the the difference being that wrinkles and lines in the face have been earned over time, right? Okay. And so like Joe Ingram, our buddy, he has what's known as a freight train line. And that is right here down the center of his forehead. There's a line that when he squints, it's like literally train tracks coming through here. So what that tells you about Joe is the fact of once he makes up his mind, he's like a freight train who's just going to keep going anyway. So if you stand in his way, you're going to get run over. Right. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is, OK, well, so, you know, the best way to redirect a train is to get on board. Don't stand in front of the train, but get on board the train and then you can make adjustments over time. Right. Uh, so I'm looking real fast. I think Tim, fact, I have... Tim Gillette says, so what does the rock Dwayne Johnson's eyebrows say? I would have to look him up, but let me yeah. see here. I know I had a here, picture. Let me of... pull up some. I'll, I'll just pull yeah. pull them up and, and, and you can read them while. Sure. While we live just to show people your subtle skills absolutely and while you're pulling up people you ask the question of what does it tell you well so we're all amateur face readers we just haven't been formally trained so we use it in our everyday language like we say keep your nose to the grindstone take one on the chin you know i'm all ears they have a nose for this we talk about faces we've just never been formally trained and so when you say keep your nose to the grindstone that means you keep focused on something and you can do repetitive tasks over and over again. Right. 
Or if you say take one on the chin, that talks about how do you handle adversity? So the smaller the chin that somebody has, the more you have to use like the sandwich technique when you're talking to them. So it, the what? It, it, we use it, the, the sandwich technique, uh, tell them a positive thing and then tell them the bad news. Then you got to tell them a positive thing again. Have you not ever heard of the, the sandwich technique? I, I guess, well, I have now. <laughs> And it's when you have to deliver bad news to somebody and they, you know that they're not going to take it the best and you have to positive, negative, and then positive again. Yeah. Wow. So uh, pick so any I, of those pictures you want to zoom in on and doesn't matter. Here. Well, I can't. Yeah. So how about this one? Can you see it? Yeah. So you can look in here. So there's several things you can see about his face, right? So, you know, he's got these lines right here on the side. Those are the gift for gab lines. So, you know, he talks. Well, being an actor, we already know he does that anyway, right? Right. But right. what he's got is he's got Einstein lines across his forehead here. So those are earned over time, like forced focus. And that doesn't surprise you because what does he have to do? Again, memorize lines. Mm. And so being an actor is having to put in time and intense study. Like if you look at some of the pictures of Glenn, yeah, um, he's got one that almost looks like Frankenstein across here, right? Well, you usually see that on people who've been doing the same thing for that 10,000 hours. So if I see one solid one that's across the forehead here, then I ask him, like, are you a doctor? Are you an engineer? You know, uh, are you an attorney? Because those seem to be the top three professions that I see that deep of a line across somebody's forehead. Um, wow. The other things that were on the rock is he has force focus lines, which are the two lines right here in their forehead. Yeah. And you know that when they're in intense study, you almost have to like walk them up and smack them in the back of the head to get their attention because when they're in it, they're focused, focused. And so if you look in between his eyebrows, even in that picture over to the side there. Here, I'm going to I'm going to open that in a new sure. tab so we have a full screen view. There you go. So you can now, see those... I would never, by the way, walk up and smack him in the back of the head. Just for the record. <laughs> no, yes, <laughs> definitely not. That's what not unless you can run really fast. But yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So if you look, what's interesting is there's two things about it. His eyebrows there, they round off. So see, they're very close to the eye, but see how they round yeah. towards the lower part. So those are the people who think about the people around them first and themselves second. But what's also interesting about him is his eyebrows literally sit on top of his eyes. So what that means is he mentally processes information very fast. Mm. So they gather concepts and facts very, very quickly. So you were asking earlier, like when you're talking to somebody, it's not just the eyebrow shape, but the eyebrow height as well. So if you think of eyebrows like speed bumps and data's racing down your forehead to get to your eyes, because when we're born, if, if we're lucky enough to have sight, because there are some people who are born without it, that when we're first born, sight is the first way we take in the world, right? We don't understand anything other than loud noises scare us and we have a fear of heights. So we're born in the world. We only have visually a way to take in the world. Over time, we learn what sounds mean. And then we learn to talk. So if you're looking at your primary senses, number one, number two, number three. But even really? when we're learning, well, yeah. Uh, so think about it. When you're a kid, you could take in the world first because you look around and you hear sounds, but you don't know what sounds mean. Then as your parents start repeating words to you, you learn to hear your name. So when you hear your name, that's your ears coming into play because you're hearing that same sound over and over. So that's your second skill that you learn. Wow. Then third is you learn to repeat words back. But how do you learn to repeat words? You visually watch your parents or teachers lips move and make sound and you eventually learn to repeat that. And so what will happen is all babies are born with big eyes and what adjusts over time is eyes may go down, ears may get larger 
or mouth may get larger, depending on what's their primary way that they prefer to communicate. And so these are all things when I look at people, you can take a look at like, are there, what's their ear to eye ratio? So for example, go and watch the TV show, The Voice. And what you're going to see is everybody who's there has very large ears and kind of smaller eyes. Well, it makes perfect sense because what do they do? They sit on a show and they listen to the music. And if they like the person, they turn around and see what they look like. Right. So the same thing, when I look at somebody, I look and say, okay, are they more auditory or are they more visual? And if I know that they're more auditory then when I'm talking to them, I'll say things like, oh, does this sound like a great idea? Do you hear where I'm coming from? Oh my God, dude. <laughs> All right. So Joe said it. I, the only thing Joe has said so far that wasn't a joke <laughs> was this right here. The world needs this, tra this training. It's life-changing. Uh, dude, I have to, I, and look, Sandy Archer, she's sold. You got a new client, but uh, yeah. so, so this is amazing, man. I, I mean, we've, we've talked, I've never heard this in depth though. And oh, yeah. I love the fact that you're going through and, and so, so the rounded close eyebrows do not mean he's dumb as a rock. Not at all. <laughs> he's very brilliant. <laughs> I'm, I had to say it, man. I know. Um, <laughs> so wow what about somebody else let's pick somebody else well while you're there do me a favor do that google people without eyebrows because i want to show you exactly why i teach eyebrows because we don't think they're that big of a deal but watch when the results you're going to get there what you the go heck? so you don't even recognize the people anymore right oh my gosh now you see why I teach eyebrows first. Why do these why do these pictures even exist? What <laughs> I, I don't know. And for some reason they like to black out teeth a lot when they do it as well. But like look at Nicolas Cage right there without eyebrows. Oh my gosh. No way. Yeah. So eyebrows first started uh genetically to keep dust and water out of our eyes, right? But what happens is like I said, I got the angled eyebrow and I didn't used to have it before. But what happened was when I became the corporate trainer, I had to learn to memorize the material. And once I had to do that, then literally I got that angle into my eyebrow. So that is absolutely mind blowing. I've never searched for people without eyebrows. <laughs> you learn a lot when you learn to read faces. Uh, yes, it's um, I'm going to show you the picture of me from as a kid and I'll try and find it on a bigger page. But um, so that's a, in part of my training, that's the example, the difference in me as a kid versus what I look like now. So you, you can see the exact same eyebrow that's angled now used to yeah. be straight and my ears oh my used to stick God. out more and guys don't go and get their eyebrows done. Right. But that's what changed with me over time. So that's, oh I use myself as an example in training, but it literally is, it's game changing in a few different ways. Number one. You, when you give people your time and attention, that is a lost art right now because people prefer to text the perfect text, craft the perfect email. You know, nobody's giving us our time and attention. Even when we're on Zoom or StreamYard like we are here, the, the challenge is you end up looking down to the people you're talking to. So I will give Joe credit for this. Joe came up with the idea of you put a post-it note right above your camera here. Yeah. So that when you're talking to people, he puts a little post note with an arrow saying, look here, because that creates eye contact with people. I, I teach, I teach this in my academy, my training academy about camera angles to not have your camera below you because you're looking down on people and that creates exactly. 
I have like my cameras up, I don't know, several inches above like my head. So when I'm looking at you right now, it should mm -hmm. feel like I'm looking at you. Like, correct. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the things that I actually, Joe recommended this one is my little light stand has a mirror right here too. So I, not only am I looking at it, but I look at, am I smiling from time to time? Yeah. So yeah. it's a win-win. Um, let me see if I still have Glenn's page up. If so, I'll, I'll put it to you in the private chat. We can look at Glenn again um, since he gave us permission. Uh, yeah. So let me send this to you in the private chat. This is really amazing. I mean, this is some amazing stuff that, that. Okay, here we go. This website uses cookies. I am starving, so I'm down with that. Um, let's see. Let me go to this, and here we go. So there's Glenn. Right. So this was just pictures of him of what do I see when I look at the pictures, right? So the first thing I mentioned earlier, his ears stick out a little bit, so he's an independent thinker. If you think about ears like wind drag on a plane, the yeah. farther out from your head that they stick is the more that you push back, right? So you're going to do things your own way. Versus the closer they to your head, you're more of a conformist, right? So he does things his own way, does it a little bit differently. The nose that he has, noses are like umbrellas. So the wider they are at the base is the more people can fit under your umbrella. And that's wow. because you have plenty of air to share with people. So if I said, hey, take a deep breath, most people watching would go through their nose because that's how we take on most things in life is through our nose. We get the energy up into our brain. So yep. people's nostrils can actually tell you a lot about him as well. And then he's got the good, strong chin here. And that's what yep. I got highlighted in the blue. He's got the talk line. That's that pink line right here. Yeah. And then he's got a uh, dimple right here, which is another thing that helps when he talks. Right. So then if you go to the next picture, why does, why does a dimple help? Um, because it's just a consensus builder. Dimples usually show up when people smile. And so it's a way to kind of expand your smile out a little bit more. So kind of like Joe's eyebrows that we talked about earlier, where you can't make out what shape they are. That's yeah. another consensus builder with people. Really? Yep. So wow. now here's a, a little bit later of what's changed in his face. Look at how many more lines he has a few years later in his, in his head at the top. So there's all the different things. So at the first picture, he's got one or two. And then you look here, Jeez. how many more lines that he has. Right. Well, can, and you, I mean, uh, and 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 let me play the devil's advocate here for a minute. Sure. Since Joe said I have devil eyebrows, um, <laughs> it's anyway. Um, so why not? I mean, what if somebody said, "Well, that's just that's just you know from getting older." Well, because if you think about it, if that was true, everybody would have the exact same wrinkles. Right. Mm. So it is a little bit, it is getting older because one of the things that people don't do properly is hydrate and that dries out skin. So there can be things, but if you think about it, if everything was genetic, then we would all look exactly the same as we age. But what True. happens is different muscles as they get used in the face, alter our facial features. So the example I give is everybody goes, that's BS. It's all genetics. I'm like, you're right. But what if somebody goes to the gym and they only do upper body and they never do legs? right? You don't say that's their genetic code. No, they just didn't do legs. And it's the same thing with your facial features, depending on what muscles get moved and used will make that muscle memory that moves your face. And that's why, and this is kind of a morbid thought. We don't always recognize people when we go to a funeral, because what happened is all those muscle tension that was in their face relaxes. 
Right. Yes. And that's when you go back to that muscle memory is gone and we have a hard time attending funerals. Like it, I, I don't even really recognize that person. So yes, it, it's insane what you can learn. And we're just barely touching the surface of this. I mean, on eyebrows alone, I could talk about like four hours worth of content of everything your eyebrows tell you about somebody. Really? The, I, seriously? Oh yeah. oh yeah. We could go into eyebrows pretty in depth. I mean, maybe not four hours, but I would get yeah. off on subject quite a bit. So, so I mean, this would be, and I know like, you know, the FBI and the CIA, they use a lot of this, the same stuff. Um, but I would imagine that the average like law enforcement, like police officer would benefit dramatically just from, you know, I'm, I'm approaching this vehicle or this person and to be able to read their face like this seems like it would be invaluable. So in law enforcement, it's more of reactive. So if you've ever seen the show Lie to Me, it's a great show. That's one of the things I plan to learn in the future is micro expressions. So what law enforcement is looking for is what where are the hands in the body and how are people reacting? Mm -hmm. And so that's why most law enforcement is taught body language and micro expressions. So, again, I love the show Lie to Me. I watch it all the time on Hulu. Never um, heard of it. Oh, you've never seen it? Oh, I will send you a link. So it's a show about based on um, Dr. Paul Ekman, who went and lived all over the world in these different places and studied tribes to understand micro expressions in people's faces. What's and a like, micro expression? What is that? It's a sudden reaction that lasts a flash of a second that tells you kind of what's going on in their mind. And the difference oh. is when I read faces, I read a resting face and it, I just figure out who the person is. What he's looking for is subtle reactions that are happening while you're talking to him. So in the show, a very simple one is if you don't believe in what you're saying, it's it's a shoulder one. But people, when they don't believe it, they'll rub their shoulder because they're like they're subconsciously their body is rejecting what they're saying. And so it's like people, they say, yeah, you know, it's a really good deal. You should take advantage of it right now. That's a micro expression where their body language or their face is saying the opposite of what they're saying. But mine is more. How do I understand the person? And how do I best say it to them? And so I do plan to learn micro expressions more advanced later. But my main skill is face reading and kind of like we we're talking about earlier. Even if I look at, let's say I'm talking to you and you're more auditory than visual. Well, if I think you're going to forward that information onto somebody else, then I pepper in language that's auditory, visual. So I say <laughs> things like, you know, does it sound like a good idea? We talked about that. Can you hear where I'm coming from? That's for the auditory person. For the visual person, is you would say, Picture this, you know, can't wait to see you later. You say visual terms. And How if you, do you think know they're visual, it, their eyes are larger than their ears. So when you look at somebody, you just look, do their eyes seem more open and are their ears fairly small? And so like, if you can't really tell, then you pepper in everything. But here's a really a super secret weapon. You want to know how to uh, understand what somebody is? You listen to them because people will say what they prefer. So if you read an email, like let's just pick on Joe because everyone should pick on Joe. But I, if I Joe agree. was to send me an email and it said, hey, Brian, really looking forward to seeing you. I just, I, man, I've been writing this down on my whiteboard and I've just been picturing where we're going to go. And, you yeah. know, he would be saying all visual terms, yeah, right? I get it. Yeah. Or if I, if he sent me an email and it said, oh, I, I was the other day, I was thinking about what we talked about and I just have a great idea and it just sounds right to me then he's saying he's auditory. So all you do is you read through an email and you listen to what words they say. And then you repeat those words right back to them. 
Wow. So, so, um, dude, this, my, my <laughs> brain is, so what am I? Huh? Well, so make yourself the, the main person. I can't even see. Hang on. <laughs> well, you can put your glasses back on until then. All right. So here's what I, I would say for you just kind of right off the bat. So you have eyebrows are close to your eyes. So I know you understand concepts quick. I would say you're more auditory than you are visual, right? And that's just based on you have larger ears and you have recessed eyes like I do. So recessed eyes, people, they sit back and are constantly evaluating all the time. Like, you know, they're the closer your eyes are to the front, the like, and I hate to use the term bulging, but it gives people a good visual is the more the eyes are out, then those are people who want to be included. People whose eyes are recessed are like the people who sit in the back of class and they're always evaluating, taking it all in. Right. So they don't jump immediately. They kind of wait can, and kind of make their decisions when they're going to talk. Wow. Your eyebrows do angle up a little bit now that your glasses are off. So help you understand it first. And then you're going to help other people. Right. Yep. Then the larger ears are people who it's kind of a, a dynamic because you want it done fast, but you want it done right. right. And so those things are kind of at odds with each other. Wow. You have a, a flatter upper lip, so you don't like talking about yourself right away. But what I do is I don't force you then. So like a, a sin to you, if I just met you, would be to immediately ask you a bunch of personal questions. Instead, I would ask you about external things. Oh, hey, you know, what you used to do? Where are you going to go on vacation next? Do you have any good books you recommend? Then when you start telling me personal things, I know I've crossed into that threshold that now I can ask you things about yourself, but I'm never going to start with things about you. Right. Dude, this is holy. <laughs> wow. Dude, that is unbelievable. That seriously is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I and would have said I'm, I'm a more visual learner. Mm -hmm. Cause I like, I, I, this is a podcast, but I don't listen to podcasts ever i hate it i would rather watch a video and listen right at the same time than then i can't like you know what i mean i hate listening yeah. to podcasts i hate it I'd, I'd rather watch paint dry that's the uh, the only difference is i've recently come to listen to podcasts and um like clubhouse when i'm doing other things right when i can't sit down to read a book yeah, then yeah. I'll throw in an audible book or I'll listen to clubhouse because I get to be interactive. Yeah. But, um, a lot of times like, Oh, I'm a book. Like I was just reading a book, uh, the other day. I like to, when I'm in them, I like to write my thoughts. And so I like physical books Yeah, uh, more so for that reason. But for a, a pure timing sake now, I am more doing audible, but let me tell you, I am the worst. The absolute worst was before zoom got really popular and we would be on conference calls and there was no visual material for me to look at. Yeah. My ADD would kick in. I'm like checking everything else out. So <laughs> I did not pay attention at all. Yeah. So yes, I'm extremely visual, but I've learned to secondarily become auditory just because of, like I said, I'll go for a walk. I can listen to audible clubhouse, whatever, but my primary visual hundred percent. So my I'll, wife I'll tell says you, she'd rather yeah. listen, but well, she doesn't I'll, listen to me. So <laughs> well, now, so here's, I, you just beat me into what I was getting ready to say. So one oh. of the demises of my last relationship was oh, I was in a relationship with somebody who was extremely auditory and I'm visual. And so every time I went to go get something from the store, she'd say like, Hey, I need this, 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 and this. And I'm like, you need to text it to me. 
and she wouldn't do it. And I'd come back like what, two of the right things and four of the wrong things. Right. <laughs> and the opposite is when she wanted to do something, I would always want to text her and be like, Hey, here's this, this, and this. And we had to learn that if she wanted something from me, she better text it to me. And if I need something for her, I had to give it to her auditorily. So, so you're, to, because you're, you're visual. You I'm visual. The Correct. Oh yes. So I'm, uh, I am a mean loving whore. I love memes. I love like visual jokes. Um, I have paid attention to things I hear. Like I am so for being somebody who recognizes faces, when somebody tells me their name, it just goes in this ear and right out the other ear. Right. And that's why I love Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Cause I get to see a picture of their face again with their name. And that's how I remember people's names. You need, you need Ron White's um, course. <laughs> I know Ron. I went to Ron White's course, man. He lives cause he lives here in Fort Worth. Uh, I love following him on uh, social media. Ron. Especially uh, now with his trailer out in the middle of nowhere. Right? Uh, he is, and he. I'm always trying to make a smart Ellie comment on one of his. Like, I, I, he's he's so funny. My God, oh, he's hilarious. Uh, he and, is. Uh, and you got like yeah, because he, he's from the same area that you were. Like, he's out in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, but he used to be in downtown Fort Worth in an area that I I used to go to Sundance Square where he lived all the yeah. time, and I've been to his class twice. And you know, like just like people watching this right here. I thought this guy's full of shit, right? Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Because uh, he yeah. said, I'll remember you next time you come back to a seminar. And I went back to one of his seminars two years later. He's like, hey, Brian. And I'm like, damn it. He got he's me. good, man. I mean, he he's, he's he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. memorized the, the Constitution yes. and repeated it with yes. a blindfold on. Like, he's brilliant. Like, yeah. Now, um, wasn't it that I want to say he was on the show where he beat the cash registers at Home Depot when he walked around and priced items out yes. one time? Yeah. I mean, the guy's insane. And the thing about it is I expect somebody like that to have no social skill whatsoever. And he's a blast to hang out with. He's you a know, trip, he's, man. Yeah. He is a trip. Here, I, you know, this is so Sandy Archer made a comment. I'm going to pop it up here on the screen. But sure. what she says is. I can relate to what she's saying because I feel like I'm more of a visual person mm -hmm. and you're saying that according to my facial features, I'm not. I would have, so I would have guessed wrong because your ears seem like they're larger. And so I would have said, I would have guessed that you were more auditory first, but that's okay. where I also would look and see like if listen to you when you talk and I would check through your emails. So that's why I said it's not a hundred percent but I'll always start with what their face appears to say first. So, but I mean, and, and, and so this is what if, uh, okay, how about this? What if they're both, what if it's right down the middle, 50, 50, is that possible? Absolutely. Because if you think about it, it's just, what do you think they prefer? Right? Not, they have to be set in one way. So like we talked about earlier, I prefer to read a book, yeah. but I listen to audible. Right. But my go to is to sit down with a book and read it. So if you're reaching out to somebody new, I'm going to test uh, it. Let's say that they have both large eyes and large ears. Yeah. Then when I send them anything, I'm going to use both visual terms and auditory terms. And I wow. see what they respond better to. Wow. What about um, when you get into certain I mean, there's certain parts of the world where they're, you know, their eyes are more squinted. Um, mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. I mean, how do you differentiate with, with that? I don't know if it's an ethnic thing or how, how you would say it, but sure. Like, so how do you it, differentiate? 
then you look at proportions to their face. So it's not exactly the same for everybody across the board because there are some cultures that don't have a lot of eyelid, right? So you just say, okay, well, then you don't read eyelid there. But people still have eyebrows. They still have noses. They still have lips. Uh, cheeks is something that isn't really genetically built in one way or the other. So cheeks are like gas gauges. The wider your cheeks are, the more people are like, um, think of cheeks like gas gauges. So the close inset cheek people are sprinters. The farther out that your cheeks are, you're more like a marathoner. So you can look at people and start figuring out like, let's say you're working a task with them. If they're a sprinter, you know, they're going to go run, 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 take a break versus they're a marathoner. They're going to work on things for longer. So I'll literally look at some, we're going on trips and if they've got the sprinter cheeks, I'm going to establish with them before we go somewhere like, Hey, this is what I like to do when I go on vacation. You know, um, you can go, if you need to go back and take naps or whatever, I'm going to keep going. I just want to set expectations up front because that way, when we get there, we understand what we both like to do. So it's, it's learning to appreciate somebody's potential personality when you're reading their face. And what's funny is, so I, I call it paid practice. So I'll get hired to go work events like weddings, Christmas parties, whatever. And the amount of couples that sit down, I'll ask them, do you guys want to know what you have in common or what you have that's different? And they'll often say like, why the hell did we have a marriage counselor when it's all there? And I'm like, well, this is just what your face says, right? Wow. Yeah. So, so I mean, this, this, these, the, this information could literally change relationships, the world, mm -hmm. like learning how to like, wow. I mean, yeah. just learning how to, how to, to read your significant others, facial features and understand like who needs to read the whole book, the five love languages when you can develop this skill. So um, I'll tell you the pandemic has increased that business. So to the point, I just released a course called looking for love and all the wrong faces.com. And -uh. it's, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> I'm dead serious. Um, so oh, I'm still God. playing with the pricing on it. Um, Cause I, I want my tagline is going to be, it's cheaper than two bad dates. But yeah. If you go, if you go type, <laughs> yeah. Um, here, I'll show you, I'll put it in the chat. Um, that is freaking awesome, dude. Holy moly. Yeah. And literally, so all it is, is it's looking to appreciate somebody's face. Cause when they go onto a dating app, they can lie. Right. So it's just like looking at their face and saying, okay, well, what does their face say about them? And the biggest example I give there is eyelids. So again, in a previous relationship, um, I was in a relationship with somebody who had these really thick, heavy eyelids. And when you have a lot of eyelid, those are people who think in terms of wheat. Where are we going? What are we going to do? What is the wheat? And I don't have a lot of eyelids, except for when I'm right now swollen from the wasp uh, sting. So <laughs> I think with, with more eye, I think in terms of eye. And I was in a relationship with somebody who thought in terms of we, and that was a lot of our, what our tension was is because she was always, where are we going? What are we going to do? And I'd be like, well, I'm going to go do this. And what we had <laughs> to learn was how to meet in the middle and just kind of say, okay, there are times you got to let me just go do my own thing. Right. That's what makes me happy. And then I need to pay attention to your eyelids and say, where are we going? What are we going to go do? But we had to have wow. those conversations and it was based on the differences in our facial features. Dude, this so. is insane. Absolutely insane. Romantic yeah. life not going so well. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> insane. And it's only 297. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So, Looking for love and all the wrong faces. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, this is crazy, man. Like, I, I've I've never been on one of these new apps that the the Tinder, whatever they talk about. But like, yep, uh, they talk about swiping or something. Uh -huh. Like, but are well, people are people? So you know, are you are you are people intentionally? They're not intentionally reading the face. They're just kind of they're looking for hot or not. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. where. It, Starts, right. But the challenge is it, people who have been on it. So like you, I've never been on a single dating app, but what happened is people started sending me all these profile pictures of people that they were interested in because what they figured it out is it's the modern day resume for romance. That's full of shit, right? Because yeah. people can write whatever they want. They're picking the perfect picture. You know, you can take courses on what's the ideal picture, have one of you have one with a puppy, have one with, you know, you on an adventure, whatever it is, or how often has somebody gone out on a date and the picture is from like 10 years ago and they look nothing like who's there. So the other part is, well, when somebody is filling out on here, they're not going to say, cause a lot of times people don't know themselves. Well, I'm kind of needy. I'm a wee person, you know, and I say needy, that's not fair. I say that because I'm not a wee person. <laughs> so, right. uh, but kind of, did you say I'm kind of needy? <laughs> yeah. But somebody, the first thing when you learn to read faces, the first thing you do is you go and stand in front of a mirror and you start analyzing your own face. And you're like, oh God. And it's true. You learn more. So I actually teach people, like when we have the in-person classes, we draw features. So this is for the kinesthetic people, right? So not the visual, not the auditory people, but we give these cards. And uh, what you can do is you can just draw facial features while you're learning them so that you can learn the the different features, right? So you learn like when you draw a smile. And then can you what, erase that or? Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, little, uh, just like a little whiteboard yeah, yeah, that we yeah, give okay. people. So that while we're in training, they can learn how to do it. Dude, so this is, is for my, yeah. Do you sell those? I don't. I usually just take them when I have an in-person training. Um, and then they, because obviously it's got my QR code so people can scan it and everything. But yeah. yeah, when I, part of the training cost includes those. I should do it though. That's a great you idea. You should put those on your dang website and sell them, man. I would. Yeah. That, um, oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, back to the dating part. Um, so you first realize, number one, we, we're all trained and this is the one that's really going to blow your mind. Right. And that is go watch any Disney movie or any a movie that has a hero and a villain. And you can put it on mute. And you know, just by looking at them, who's which one. And the reason why is because back when there were only artists and there were only authors, there weren't movies. They took courses in physiognomy because they wanted to understand how to describe a character in a book. Because you couldn't just say, as the villain walked into the room, but right. instead you'd say as he walked in with his angled eyebrow and his downturned nose and his pointy chin. And you got to know who the villain was when you read a book. Wow. Yeah. Dude, this is, this is powerful. This is so, so powerful. So <laughs> let me, let me ask you a question. I don't even know if this is, well, my show's about overcoming and breaking through walls. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if this this I'm this is going to go completely off topic that we've been talking about, but sure. it's my topic on the show is, you know, what is holding people back in life? And maybe we can tie this in. 
are there are can you tell by reading someone's face um if they're self-sabotaging their life like i know that that sounds crazy but um i can not so much self-sabotaging but you can tell that they're not getting their needs met is a different way of saying it so it's very common that if i'm hired an event to read faces so like i did the um, fort worth young presence organization two months ago and when i was talking to someone she started to tear up while i was talking and it's because it's the first time that anybody's paid attention to her but it's wow. very common that if i'm there <laughs> not to teach somebody how to do it but if i'm hired what i call paid practice to read faces in the room so that people understand their coworkers better yeah, I guarantee you somebody's going to cry in that room. If it's over 10 people, somebody's going to tear up. Now, it may be full-blown ugly tears, or it may what? just be that you see them tear up because, like, I'll give you an example. I did a corporate kickoff in 2020, and there was a lady who had a super deep line right here, and it's called a verbal affirmation line. And, I mean, it looked like somebody had taken a chisel and chiseled it into her chin. Well, this was a lady who had rounded eyebrows, so she's always thinking about everybody else, right? She had a rounded chin. And she had a very flat upper lip. And what I said is, listen, I know you love to take care of everybody else. Everything on your face says that you're constantly doing everything for everybody. I said, the challenge is you have a smaller mouth and you have a small upper lip. So you don't like talking about yourself. But if you don't let people know what you're doing for them, then you're never going to get this need filled, which is sincerity. Uh, well, taking the words uh, from the five level languages, words of affirmation. You're never going to get the words of affirmation that you're looking for unless you let people know what you're doing for them behind the scenes. And she immediately burst out into ugly tears. Oh and my then, God. Yeah. And all of her coworkers yeah. said, we never realized that she needed that. And now we know how to give that to her. Dude. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So to answer your question, the hardest part is, and you know this from being in business, you're supposed to niche down, right? And have just one uh, avatar. I taught, it, this it, is literally what I taught <laughs> last night in my, my mastermind. Go, I, right. about. Yeah, wow. but so it, it's where I go. So I, I lean towards sales because salespeople have the budget, but I want anyone to benefit. Like, you know where the, the future of this is going to be is kids because yeah. kids are tablets and phones and everything. And they don't understand face-to-face -face communication anymore. And it's going to be to our own detriment. Wow. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, I'm, I'm literally blown away by this. I I'm, and, and I've talked to you about it before, but this is like on a different level. So right. what do you think? Because I have to ask and we have to wrap up. We're, yep. we're, we're over, but you know, what is holding people back in life? Do you think? It's a combination of things. Um, this day and age, we think everything has to be perfect, right? We see people's success, but we never see people's struggles to get there. Yep. And because especially now with social media, only putting out all these positive things, we assume that everybody's life is better than ours. Yeah. And, and here's a big one. I talked about this with a friend the other night. We stopped celebrating everybody's success because we somehow thinks it takes ours down. And I'm in the opposite belief. I celebrate everybody's win. Even if I don't agree, like, let's say my friend buys a house out in the middle of nowhere. If they're happy, I'm happy. They're happy. I don't want to live there. Right. But by celebrating everybody else's success and being grateful for everything you have, you attract more of it into your life. And we are in a society right now that's telling me all the things I don't have. I don't have the 10 Rolexes. I don't have the brand new car. I don't have blah, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. 
ignore that because yeah. all that things is focuses on what you don't have, but when you focus on what you do have, it expands. I got to bring this up because you said it early on um, epigenetics and mm -hmm. I absolutely love Dr. Joe Dispenza who mm -hmm. talks about teaches epigenetics. And um, so, you know, he talks about, uh, and I've meditated every day of my life for over 18 years right. and, and, you know, it's something that's a non-negotiable for me. Right. But I, I think that, that people are, and by the way, are you running behind for anything? I'm gonna have to leave here in just a minute. Yeah. But I want to hear, I just spoke with, on the same stage where I was on a side stage, but I got to listen to Joe talk on the main yeah. stage. Yeah. He blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. Yeah. Well, he talks about immediate physical changes and I, I'm thinking mm -hmm. about that line. Have you ever seen it like disappear quickly? I've never seen it disappear. But what I have seen <laughs> is somebody who had Botox. I've seen it reappear faster because what happened is as they recalled the event that created it the first time, yeah. that muscle memory came right back. Yeah. So what's interesting about our face is it does alter, but it rarely pushes back out, but it will recall that memory again. So wow. it's kind of like, a, you know, when somebody's worked out before that muscle memory that they get back into shape faster, it's the exact same way. Listen, I don't want to hold you up. I want to, I want to thank you. This has been, th this is life changing stuff. Everybody needs to follow you, go over to subtleskills.com, um, get signed up for all of your stuff. I mean, this, this is, this is life changing, life changing for anybody. Like, yeah, it's incredible. I, well, thanks. I really appreciate it for the time today. So <clears throat> thank you everybody that shared this out, who's participated and been here and, and go follow Brian and get signed up. Subtleskills.com. Brian, thank you. Hang on. I'm going to end this now. And everybody have an awesome day and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.